Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT and we're high atop the radio world in our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland, Oregon. Yes, part of the city is still standing, so don't worry about that. And I'd like to welcome all of our affiliates on the Barbecue Nation radio network, uh, Sun Broadcast Group. Um, Pellets. I come from pellet country, as you know. I live there. I live 12 miles from where the Traegers were invented by the Traeger family, but that world has grown. And we're going to talk here in a couple of minutes with Spencer Defty from Naughty Wood Barbecue Company down in California because they've got almond trees and they have come up with a process and uh, turning almond trees and branches and what have you into almond pellets. And they were kind enough to send me some. And I got to tell you, they worked out really good. So we're going to talk to Spencer just here in a few seconds. Uh, Our music this week is from the Mamas and Papas, and also Barbecue Nation is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends from the heart of the Pacific Northwest. Beef the way nature intended. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. All right. Spencer, how are you? Well, I'm great. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm good. So... In in talking to you previously and then looking at everything you've sent me, you didn't just um, a couple of weeks ago decide that we're going to take all of our replacement trees and slash and limbs and all this stuff and just make pellets. You have a history walking into this. Why don't you run that by us? Yeah, so um, we service the agriculture industry down in uh, the Northern California region, and specifically, there's been a big boom over the last 20 years in the uh, almond orchard industry, as well as walnuts and other stone fruit trees. And part of what we do as a family is uh, to help with the development. And then now that these trees are maturing after about 20 to 25 years, the production falls off and the trees need to come out and be replanted. And so a lot of our growers that we work for ask us to start doing that. And almond wood's kind of been the best kept secret in barbecue forever and ever because of the only Appalachians that can be grown is in the Northern California, down to the Central Valley, down into, say, the Bakersfield area. And so the region's quite small compared to the rest of the country. So the wood doesn't really get shipped out. But all of us in agrarian society, in the agriculture community, we all use it because of it's the best smoke wood to barbecue with. So we thought, well, I wonder if we can make this into a product that we can use rather than burn all these trees up in the field. And that led us to the pellet industry, the barbecue pellet industry. And because of it's such a dense hardwood, there's a challenge with trying to uh, develop this into a pellet. In fact, uh, as we researched it, we hit a roadblock there. But over the course of the last three and a half, four years, we've 
been able to do this process has gone on to, to come to where we are today and uh, several million dollars later <laughs> and a team of great people behind us. Uh, here we are. We've launched in April and uh, we're, we're out on the market and our, uh, our reviews are, are going very well. And uh, we feel like we have uh, the premium product on the market. Well, I got to tell you that the bags that uh, you and Katie sent me, um, I cranked out some beef ribs the other night and my hopper in my green mountain grill was almost empty. So I filled it up with yours, the naughty wood. And I got to tell you, I was impressed. One, I was impressed with the efficiency of the pellet um, because it is a hardwood. It burns hotter and cleaner and all those great attributes. But in doing those ribs, which were on there for, you know, what, three hours, I guess, because I was out mowing and not really paying attention like I should have been, and they came out great. But I don't think I used a third of a bin of, of pellets on that cook because um, they just burned so clean. And I checked, uh, doing my due diligence, I checked the um, ash pot at the, you know, at the end after everything cooled off, and there wasn't much ash in there, really. Yeah, so... That's one of the, the, I think, one of the distinguishing characteristics about um, not only the almond wood pellet, but the naughty wood pellet is, is that unlike most pellet manufacturers out there, we source everything from the grower. We work directly with the grower. My son Watson and I are out in the field and we're working directly with the almond growers to source the wood, harvest the wood, pre-grind it in the field take it to our facility that we built on our farm in Woodland, California, and process it into a finished pellet. The real difference is, is that we're using the whole tree. The process is, is to knock the trees down and the harvest, let them defoliate the leaves, and then uh, take the whole tree, sticks, twigs, trunks, bark, heartwood, everything, grind it and put it into a pellet. And the real differential is, is, is most mills that are making pellets are debarking and then right. they scalp that bark off. They use that bark in their own uh, mills for an energy source because of the bark is really where the heat um, and the smoke is derived from. So you'll see more flavor, more heat out of our pellets. And you also see a color differential. They're, they're a darker pellet than most pellets that you see in the industry. You don't use any coloring or anything with that, do you? No, ours are hundred percent natural. We are, we're not we're not only doing that, but um, we aren't adding any oils hmm. to the product. Which a lot of these pellets are just whatever wood comes into the mill. They grind, they make a pellet, and then they spray an essential oil on it. Whether it be apple, cherry, mesquite, they're they're uh, they're flavoring with an essential oil. We're talking with Spencer Defty from uh, Defty, excuse me, from Naughty Wood Barbecue Company down in Woodland, California, and they make almond pellets. And I got to tell you, you know, you, you go into your local barbecue store, as it were, and you're likely to see two or three of different brands, but they will have uh, an oak or a maple or a mesquite or a hickory or what have you. And, and some of them do blended hardwoods and that. But I had... When I first found out about you, which was through National Barbecue News, I had never heard of almond pellets before. Had anybody tried this before? 
my understanding is that there's a gentleman up in the north state of California who um, literally spent a million dollars trying to do what we're doing and really didn't have any success in the extruding process because of the density of the wood. And so um, it's been tried. That was, like I said earlier, that was one of the challenges we came up against early on in the process was developing an extruder that would do this because if it's just such a dense wood that um, the grinding process as well as the extruding process is exponentially uh, harder than most woods. So most of your barbecue pellets are a base wood of alder, which is the softest of the hardwoods on the hardwood scale. Um, so they press easier, production rates are higher, so it, it lends itself to be more profitable for the pellet manufacturer than, say, our process. Our process is, is exponentially more costly to make the pellet because of the density of the wood. Well, I know, um, I know, I know, Spencer, that when you burn a cheaper pellet, you know, I've been in situations and anybody that cooks with a, uh, a pellet um, grill on a normal basis, you will get to a point where it's a Saturday afternoon late and you're doing a cook. It doesn't matter what it is. And, you know, you might be running out of pellets. And so you can go to Safeway now or a Kroger store or Fred Meyers or what have you. And you can grab a bag of pellets, but they're not very good. One, you see a lot of dust in the bottom of the bag and um, they, when they cook, they just burn up so fast because I don't know if they're just loosely compressed in the pellet form or if it's just all that it's alder with a little spray paint, so to speak. Well, so what what they can be is that if they're using um, more hardwood, so we have a very hard bark to hardwood ratio, and the the highest amount of lignants, which is the binding that binds the pellets and keeps them together, it's a natural um, lignant in the wood. So when it sure. goes through the extruder, the more bark you have, the more lignant you have, the better it presses and the tighter a more dense pellet you have. So if they're using more hardwood, the pellets seem to fall apart more burn faster they aren't as dense um and so that's where you're seeing some of that dust yeah and i mean if you're if you've never used a uh, a pellet cooker before you will get a little dust from it on occasion a little ash if you will and if you're not used to that and you pull it up and you see some of that clinging on the the lid or whatever you're a lot of people freak out when they see that um uh, not going to really hurt you. It just kind of affects the taste of whatever you're cooking if you get too much of it. But that's the other thing that I was impressed by with your almond wood was there really wasn't much of that at all. Yeah. So what, what you'll find is, is that when you have a, a pellet like the naughty wood pellet, it burns cleaner. Um, one of the things you will find with ours on the backside is, is if you don't clean your, your fire pot out and your cooker out every time you clean it, it if you get a little lazy and you you don't clean it, you'll find some of that clinker in the in the in the fire pot, and that's just a derivative of having more bark in your pellet because of in the bark lies dust that naturally occurs in the field. Right, it's on a summer day that dust comes up and it lays down on the tree, and then as the tree grows, it layers over the top of that dust. And so when you burn, you'll find a little bit of that clinker that uh, is in there if you don't clean clean your your uh, fire pot out i like the way you call but, it a clinker is that a is that an official term 
that's the term that everybody uses in, in the pellet industry. They call it <laughs> clinker, that little bit of crust that's left. So, yeah, I guess it is the official term. Oh, I honestly, I'd never heard that before, and I've been pretty familiar with this stuff, but I think that's great. Um, we're talking with uh, Spencer Defty from Naughty Woods Barbecue Company. They make almond pellets. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes after these words from our sponsors. Please stay with us. Monday, Monday. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm your host, JT. From the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland. No pun intended, obviously, with what's been going on. Um, A couple of things really quick. If you'd like to email us, uh, you can go to the website, which is barbecuenationbbqnationjt.com. And there's a contact button there that you can find. Or you can also email me directly at info at thecowboycook.com. So either way, you can get to us. We also have Facebook and uh, Twitter pages and all the social media stuff. I think we're on 14 different platforms uh, at this point. So you can hear the shows uh, either again, or if you want to listen to the podcast version, um, you can do that too. So uh, we'll be giving away some subscriptions. I can't talk today for some reason, subscriptions to the uh, national barbecue news starting at, in August here. So you want to pay attention with that. So now let's get back and, Talk with Spencer Defty from Naughty Wood Barbecue Company in Woodland, California. When you first came out with the almond, what did your competitors think about that? Well, it, interestingly enough, we were, were so small on the scale that, that we really didn't get any feedback um, as far as that goes from other competitors. What we did get, what we did find is, is that folks who have experienced the almond would um, we're very excited about it. So there are, for instance, um, one of our current customers up north um, who was given a Traeger barbecue by his wife for Christmas didn't use it because he couldn't burn almond wood. And once he found out that we had uh, a pure almond wood pellet, he was all in. So um, it's been interesting to see how the almond wood has been received. And I know for some folks, say in the Midwest, back East, who are discovering us now, um, they're finding that it's a great all-purpose smoking wood. In fact, um, one, of the, one of the users had commented that, uh, that this was now his go-to pellet um, because of it was as close to a stick burner flavor profile as, as he could find. And so that appears to be what the goal is with the pellets is, is to get that stick burner flavor profile. And the almond wood um, really does have just a really nice, mild smoke flavor, but yet it's nutty and sweet. So it really pairs well with just about any of the proteins out there, as well as vegetables. In fact, my daughter, Shay, who um, works in tow with our general manager, Vice President Katie Kennedy, on the marketing, Shay is cooking casseroles, baking pies, baking cakes inside uh, the pellet grill now on the almond wood. 
it's not overpowering like some of the other um, woods that are out there. You know, mesquite's a really harsh, has a has a really harsh smoke to it, and uh, sassafras has a strong smoke flavor. So there are some of these flavor profiles that are really, really strong, and you have to be careful with. And that's one of the beauties of the of the almond wood. You, it's it's almost impossible to to screw up your your barbecue with it because it doesn't overpower. Did you have anybody in your area? Uh, you told the story about the man who got the trigger from his wife as a present, but as you say in your, your information that people in your area had been using almond wood for barbecuing for a long time because it was readily available. And if you owned an almond farm, I mean, why not if you had a stick burner, but have you had anybody kind of, transition over to pellet grills from stick burners because of the almond pellets? Um, I, I'm, I'm not aware of, of anybody that specifically has come to us and said, now that there's an almond wood pellet, I'm going to go buy one of these. We, we certainly have friends um, out there who are, who are saying, okay, now that you guys are making these, I've got to get one and try this out. Um, what we're finding more is that the industry. So for instance, there's a catering company up in the north part of the state known as Blue Smoke Catering, and they pretty much exclusively smoke everything on a pellet grill. And they're now using 100% of the almond wood pellet that Naughty Wood puts out um, because of the smoke profile and the, and the flavor profile. And they're, they're, they really like what they're seeing with it, and it gives them a little more versatility than, than what they had. And so they have come all in on using the naughty wood pellet versus the other brands out there. Well, I know you were saying uh, a couple of minutes ago, Spencer, that uh, you were talking about mesquite. I'm a, I like mesquite. I also happen to like hickory. Um, but there again, that's one you have to be a little bit careful with. Cause if you get it too overwhelming, um, it can be like putting liquid smoke on your, which I'm totally opposed to that product, by the way. So I never have to worry about the folks at Liquid Smoke being a sponsor of this show. But um, it can be a little overwhelming at times. And if you're doing things like baking like your daughter is or making pizza or <clears throat> um, doing, you know, hot dogs in a, in a wrap type thing or whatever, it doesn't matter. It can get a little funny tasting for people. Um so I, I can see where the mildness, it, it, it's not so mild that it would be just like a regular almond or um, alder pellet, but it's mild enough that, like you said, from my experience, which is, you know, short, I've only had it about a week, but uh, gives it the flavor, but it doesn't uh, overwhelm you. Yeah, and, and I think what you're going to find, Jeff, is, is that over time of using our pellets, um, we're going to have to get you some more so you're using these more regularly. But over time with using them, what you're going to find is, is that your your pellet smoker will be seasoned with the flavor profiles of whatever wood you have been using. And as you use the naughty wood pellets, that seasoning will then carry into your smoker and will carry more of that flavor profile into your food. And uh, you'll you'll get a better sense of what it is. But, um, yeah, th there are some woods out there that are much more bold smoke than what we have. Um, not to say that, that this is it, right, that we're just – we're currently working on 
some other stone fruit woods that are going to be coming out uh, this fall that nobody else is doing, um, as well as some blends that nobody else is doing. It'll be uh, very artisan and very uh, unique to the marketplace. And I think you'll be excited to uh, see those come out. I, I am already, actually, because as you were talking, I'm thinking, like where I live, we have a lot of filbert trees, tons of filbert trees, only in specific areas, though. Besides that, we are going to take a break, and uh, I'm going to be back with Spencer Deftly from, um, excuse me, Naughty Wood Barbecue Company in Woodland, California, right after this. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. All my bags are packed. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Um, we'd like to again to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef from the heart of the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's a product that is grown and raised and, and harvested and taken care of the way nature intended. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. You can really feel good about serving it to your family and friends. Also, um, you can catch this and if you don't listen to it on the radio, which we're all over the country now with that, but also, you know, SoundCloud, Captivate, uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Chartable. Gosh, there's list goes on. So you can catch us pretty much anywhere. Just type in Barbecue Nation Podcast with that. Um, also, email if you want to email me directly. It's info at thecowboycook.com. And that's about it. We're talking with uh, Spencer Defty from Naughty Wood Pellet Company, Barbecue Company in uh, Woodlands, California. And they're making new to the market barbecue pellets out of almond trees. So we were talking kind of at the end and then I was babbling on, um, you know, we have filbert trees up here. We've got lots of walnut trees there. I don't know what, you know, if you have a filbert industry in California, I don't really remember because I used to live down there, but I don't remember that being there, but I think somebody could get creative as you were kind of leading us to, uh, with a lot of these specialty woods that we, one thing that you would do is be guaranteed that it's actually that wood and not a combination of woods. Yeah. And so, like I was saying, we're this fall, we'll, we'll be coming out. We're, we're right in the process now of harvesting some uh, other orchards that are um, pure to the market um, that haven't been introduced. And we'll be experimenting with them and introducing those as a limited selection, you know, as these orchards come out, um, there's uh, there's a limited amount of some of this wood. So sure. special select uh, pellets that will be coming out. And um, we're not, we, we don't want to quite announce them just yet, but yeah. I'm sure Katie will be, will be coming out with some sort of splash for those users of ours that will, uh, that will impress them greatly. And um, we're really excited about not only some of the pure blends were coming out, but with some of the, or the, the pure pellets, some of the, the blends that were coming out with, and this, these uh, very special select pellets that will be coming out. We're looking at the holiday blend for the, for the holiday season when you're doing your prime rib or your turkey. 
yep. um, that we think will pair very nicely with those proteins that are traditional. What do you so, do? Yeah. What, what, Spencer, what do you do with, um, and again, I don't know the rules in California anymore, um, but on these orchards and stuff, sometimes they can, they can use sprays and stuff to deter disease. Do those dissipate over time? So in an older orchard that you're taking down, you, you wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. So all of those, all of those have, have what they call, uh, so if, if they're if they're a registered um, chemical for say a herbicide or a pesticide, they have they have they'll have a label, and you know obviously they go through uh, FDA testing before they're they're put out there to make sure, sure. they're safe. But um, so for instance, one of the things they'll spray in the orchard is maybe a fungicide. So that that'll have a have a reentry um, process from when they spray. There's a certain amount of time to allow it to dissipate. Um, and they just volatilize in the air and dissipate. And so it's there to help with any dry that dry the uh, tree out. So it doesn't grow a fungus. Right. So all of that's dissipated, um, and taken out, um, prior to, and then of course, you know, just through natural occurring events, such as rain and whatnot, that, uh, you know, those trees are obviously washed off by, by that happening. So there is, um, really no residue. Good. in that wood so to speak so it's it's a very clean pure wood in fact you probably have a higher degree of uh, chemical con- contaminants with other pellets that may not have a quality control that we have so for instance you could see furniture cabinet flooring remnants being put into a processing mill because the, there really is no regulation on the barbecue industry um, on the pellet making industry so that mill has an opportunity to get remnants for free. They're going to take that hardwood because if it's a no cost, right? They'll uh, process that into a pellet and blend it. Um, so you could conceivably end up with things like stains or glues in your pellet. And so that was one of the things that really opened our eyes to the industry. In fact, uh, we sent our superintendent in charge of operations back to the national barbecue competition or convention in 2017 when we started down this road and uh, he was speaking with meathead yep and meathead was the one who brought this up to him and said geez you know you just don't know in this industry he said it'd be really refreshing to have somebody who was making a pellet with that control because you just don't know what you're getting in these pellets you don't know what you're smoking your meats on and so that was one of the really compelling arguments for us to say, okay, we need to dig deeper into this. Um, and so, you know, as as our as our venture moved forward, that was uh, that was one of the things was uh, part of our concept was that we would offer a healthier alternative to users. Well, I think that's really wise, and like you said, um, you sometimes you just don't know especially on some of these, if you will allow this generic brands, like I was speaking about in an earlier segment that you might buy at Safeway or you might buy it, you know, a store brand somewhere. And, and they're kind of in my book for emergency use only, but you don't, you don't know the process that that was, you know, made from or the, and where they got that wood. 
Because you can put anything virtually on a label that you want, and you could say alder pellets, and yet there may only be 10% alder in these pellets, but you break that down in the description later. But, you know, first glance, you say, oh, it's alder pellets. Okay, I'm good, like that. And um, that's the one thing that's always concerned me about pellet smoking because, like I said, and people have heard this a million times on the show, so I'm not going to apologize for repeating myself, but I grew up on a farm. We had slash piles and stuff, and sometimes um, the smoke from certain things we ripped out of the ground was pretty foul, and then other times it was fine. If you were burning in a fir tree, you know exactly what that smelled like. But if you had some oddball, sure. oddball tree in the grove back there that you were weeding out because it was broken or died or something, you know, you weren't quite sure of that. So not to make a big deal of this, but I really think it is important. And people are more conscious about those things today. Well, and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting you brought that, that smell of the smoke profile up. That's one of the things that we encourage people that are considering our pellet to do is to take a sample of our pellet and just simply light a pellet on fire, like the competition's pellet on fire and fan that smoke to your, to your nose and smell it. And you'll, you can really smell a contrastual difference between the naughty wood pellet and any of the competition's pellet. It's not harsh. It doesn't have a, a, a harsh lead in or leave you with a, with a uh, bad taste. It's it's much different, and you know one of the other tests we encourage is, is take those pellets and drop them equally into a cup and watch and see how they they absorb water and expand. And you'll just see that the nutty wood pellet holds together much better because of all the things we talked about. It's a denser wood, that we have more bark ratio, so there's more lignite to bind it. Our extruder is um, exponentially much more expensive than a normal extruder would be just because of the density of the wood. So we're you know, that pressure to to make those pellets. There's there's all these contributing factors make it just a, a more efficient pellet. And again, you get that um, you get that smoke pro- profile that's that's it's just a much milder smoke. Or you can be a dumbass like I've been and leave the lid on your hopper up and go in the house to do something and it's raining, and you come back and then you'll see how much water they absorb. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> trust me on that one. Yeah. You gotta get yeah, the, exactly. You got to get the shop vac out and all that to get it cleaned up. And you got all this mushy stuff in the bottom, which screws up your auger, too. So uh, there's there's wisdom in what you say there. Um, we are talking with um, Spencer Defty from Naughty Wood uh, Barbecue Company, and they're making almond pellets down in Woodland, California. Um, I've tried them. I think they're great. And uh, I think this is very, very uh, creative. Because I think a lot of people, you know, they see a flavor on a bag. Guys that are real serious about barbecue and even the competitors. Now, they're going to they're gonna have their favorite brand and they're going to stick by that. And some of them are sponsored, et cetera, et cetera. But the average person probably just will pick up a bag of brand A or B or C because they're used to it. And that's what they do. I would encourage people when these pellets become available in your local area to try them like Spencer has suggested, because there is a difference. I was not one that thought there was a huge difference in pellets. Um, Some, but minimal. But after I tried yours, I found that to um, be different. I want to talk briefly and ask you about, we've got a couple minutes before we got to go to break Spencer. 
but you actually built your own plant to process? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I would encourage your, your listeners, if, if you can't find it in your local retailers, um, Drop us a note at nightwoodbarbecue.com. You can order them through e-commerce from us, as well as uh, you know we can encourage local your local vendors to also um, carry our pellets. Sure. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. So we developed our own mill. It's state of the art. It's from the ground up, and it is specifically designed to do hardwoods for barbecue pellets. And I think we're probably one of the only mills out there that is from ground up designed to do this uh i want to talk about more of your plant when we come back from break but we are going to head out for just a couple minutes and you get to hear some from nice fine folks that help support this show and we'll be back here on barbecue nation shortly Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. All the leaves are brown. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT uh, from our studios here in the Turn It, Don't Burn It area of Portland. See, I changed that around a little bit because of everything that's happened here locally. You don't need to get into that on this show. But uh, we're all upright and safe. Uh, we've got Spencer Defty from Naughty Wood Barbecue Company uh, joining us today. And, and Spencer's going to stick around for the after hours for those of you who stream this show and uh, find it in the podcast version. I wanted to ask you a little more about your plant, Spencer. Is is putting the extra effort in, like you described in the last segment, buying stuff through the United States manufacturers and all that. But walk us through real quickly. You got a piece of wood. How does it end up as a pellet? What's the whole process without going into, you know, the ex- trade secrets or something? Sure. Well, the the, the, the short version is, is, there's this abundance of wood, cellulose material that's that's out there that's being diverted to either just being burnt, decomposition, and or cogeneration are kind of the three different options. And so we just the process for us is, is to work with the grower. We harvest the tree, lay it on the ground, allow a few weeks for it to defoliate the leaves. You don't want the leaves in your in your pellets. And then we take that and we write it, we run it through a primary grinder, which is a thousand horsepower um, horizontal grinder uh, that's driven by an internal combustion engine in the field on tracks. And that we grind that down to, say, a three-inch minus wood. Then we take that material to our plant, our facility in Woodland, California, truck that material there. And then it's dried to a specific moisture content, picked up and put into through the process of the mill, which is to take it to a primary grind in the mill that, that runs that down again and then it goes to a secondary grind in the mill to take it down below a quarter inch and then that quarter inch sawdust is then brought through the extruder which makes the pellets pushes the pellets out that drops that finished pellet into a cooling tower so those things are coming out of that extruder at about 220 degrees just from that friction of pressing the pellet sure 
And then it's put into this cooler and it cools those pellets down to a temperature of say about 90, 95 degrees. And then they're dropped out of that and they're taken into the bag facility, put into a, a weigh hopper, which weighs them. Then we drop them into our bag, seal the bags, palletize them and uh, deliver them to your retailer or to you at your doorstep through e-commerce. I love it. I absolutely love it. And um, I've been in a pellet mill and I've seen the process and there was lots of big bins of block wood that the, the company had brought in and it was very clean. Uh, there was no bark on it, like you say, but it was, it was very clean. And I was really kind of impressed with, with that much wood, I would have thought there would have been a lot more sawdust on things and dust and stuff. And there was an ample amount, but it wasn't um, enough to choke you, put it that way. So this this process has got to be pretty efficient, I would think, and you've made it even more so. Um, one of the reasons I asked Spencer on the show not only was about his um, wood pellets, almond wood pellets, but his dedication to helping veterans. And as you all know that listen to this show, I'm a big veteran fan because of uh, people in my personal family and life. And, but anything I can ever do to help support the veterans, I usually raise my hand, but Spencer is also helping them not only with his pellets, but he does uh, some barbecues and things like that there in Woodlands, California every year for him. So I'm going to let him tell you about those. So, yeah, um, for your listeners out there, um, one thing that is, I think, unique about Naughty Wood Barbecue Company is, is that for every bag you buy, you are contributing back to the veteran community through our Pellets That Pay It Forward program, where we're donating a portion of every bag that sells back to nonprofits that service our veteran community. And specifically, we, we tend to focus on those nonprofits that are helping our grunts or combat veterans. Um, who really bear the, the real burden of, of our liberties here through all that they go through in war. And so uh, my wife and I formed a nonprofit foundation known as Patriots for Veterans in 2009 that brought us to um, honoring our World War II Korean veterans. And then in 2012, through the attrition of that, it moved us more towards the current need for these young men and women that are coming back from uh, the conflict in both Iraq and Afghanistan and starting to uh, help them with their transition back to civilian life. And so through that journey, um, you know, we've been very blessed in our business model and we just felt very compelled to give back. And this is a group of people who ask for nothing in return for what they do. They go and do it for love of country and, so that all of us can, you know, we, we have that right to assemble and have a barbecue and to speak our mind. And uh, whether it's uh, left or right, that's our, that is our um, yeah. given right here in the country. That's, that's really paid for by those who go and defend that liberty that we, that we so enjoy and sometimes take for granted. Yeah. And uh, here I'm going to throw in my big political whammer for the day is sometimes take advantage of too. That's it <laughs> on my end, but no, absolutely, and that 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 taking advantage runs the course from all genres. Sure, it does. Sure, yeah. it does. I just really feel strongly that 
But this is a group that is so deserving and asks for nothing in return um, that we often forget um, how blessed we are to have this all-volunteer group who goes and does that. And, you know, it's it's something that in our family has been – I grew up in a Marine Corps family. My father was a 20-year veteran. I had two brothers who served. I have a son who is currently in the United States Army um, serving our country who made a conscious decision to – to, to say to his mother and myself, um, I feel a real obligation to serve our country and to do this for our family and for everybody else. And so for now, I'm going to put family business on hold and I'm going to go serve the country for the next five to 10 years. Um, and it's something that we're both very, very proud of. Oh, sure. Absolutely. They're doing it. Absolutely. No. And, and with that kind of, uh, dedication and thought process, uh, you know, uh, they're first of all to be commended, but also to any help we can provide them. Um, and a lot of times as you and I both know, Spencer, they won't ask for help, but, uh, I've done a lot of barbecues and things to help veterans out. And, um, once they get there and start enjoying themselves and that they're, they're, they've all been great people. Um, and when they just sit down and talk to you one-on-one, you hear some great stories and, again, see the dedication and the the need they felt to go do that. And so that's why I think we should help them there. Spencer, thank you for joining us this week. Well, well thank you, Jeff, and to all your listeners out there, all you barbecue nuts, barbecue on. Oh, there you go. We'll uh, talk to you all soon. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.